0: God, merciful Father, I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death
2: Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. You have made me see many troubles, and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. I will also praise you with a heart for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with a lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you my soul also which you have redeemed and my tongue will talk of your righteous help all day long for they have been put to shame and disappointment who sought to do me have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. On earth, will toward men. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee, we give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father, God Almighty, O Lord the Only Begotten, Jesus Christ, our Lord God, the Lord, Lord God, Son of the Father, that takes away the sin of the world. right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For the holy, our holy,
0: Those who love you such good things as surpass our understanding, cast out all sins and evil desires from us, and pour into our hearts your Holy Spirit to guide us into all blessedness through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Scripture readings for this, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, the Old Testament reading from the 65th chapter of the prophet Isaiah. I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be found by those who did not seek me. And I said, here am I, here am I, to a nation that was not called by my name. I spread out my hands all the day to a rebellious people who walk in a way that is not good, following their own devices, a people who provoke me to my face continually, sacrificing in gardens and making offerings on bricks, who sit in tombs and spend the night in secret places, who eat pig's flesh and broth of tainted meat is in their vessels, who say, keep to yourself, do not come near me, for I am too holy for you. These are a smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all the day. Behold, it is written before me, I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will indeed repay into their bosom both your iniquities and your father's iniquities together, says the Lord. Because they made offerings in the mountains and they insulted me on the hills, I will measure into their bosom payment for their former deeds." Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and they say, Do not destroy it, for there is a blessing in it. So I will do for my servants' sake, and not destroy them all. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob, and from Judah, possessors of my mountains. My chosen shall possess it, and my servants shall dwell there. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith that we proclaim. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses
0: and is saved. The epistle lesson from the third chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians now before faith came we were held captive under the law imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed so then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith but now that faith has come we are no longer under a guardian for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. And so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the singing of the hymn of preparation for the reading of the gospel. according to St. Luke, the 8th chapter. Glory be to Lord. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out, and he fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him, and he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. And Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. And now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these. And so he gave them permission. And then the demons came out of the man, and they entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, They fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And then people went out to see what had happened, and they came to Jesus, and they found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed, and then all of the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. And so he got into the boat and he returned. And the man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming through the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Together we confess our holy Christian faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
3: Peace be yours from God our Father and the Lord Christ. This morning we consider the gospel reading, Jesus' encounter with the Gerasene demoniac, which begins with these words. They sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city, who had demons. Our text. Friends in our Lord Jesus Christ. Show me the face of evil in our day and no doubt the usual Hitlerian and Saddam Husseinian suspects will be offered those certain individuals whose callous and unflinching practices shock and horrify our sensibilities. No generation is without its Nero. But how about another question? Show me, not the face, but show me the hands and the feet of evil. Show me the fingerprints and the footprints of evil, and we'll see that, that evil and the devil is just as active and operative today as it was, as he was many days ago in the land of the Gerasenes. It should be noted, first of all, in speaking of the devil, it should be noted that the devil's often not as obviously active and operative as he was in our text. You see, the devil is one for all seasons. In seasons or in ages and times and places in contexts where the supernatural realm of reality was not dismissed as, as fantasy, But readily and rightly, readily regarded as a fact of life, the devil devil was far more obvious in his presence and in his power. Yet today, in cultures and contexts, in various parts of the world, which rightly do accept the realm of the supernatural, though probably or perhaps they don't rightly regard that realm, still the devil's operative in the more obvious way in flexing and and demonstrating his power. In our technologically advanced and as we like to think of it far more sophisticated culture and context in our more scientific culture and context in our as we love to think of it more grown up and mature culture and context the devil is of course not less active just less apparent in his activity that's why only a few decades ago c.s lewis from the the western culture of britain Just a few decades ago in his book, The Screwtape Letters, a fictional account of letters between two demons, a master demon and his apprentice in temptation. It's in that book that Lewis would express the sentiment the best trick the devil ever pulled off was getting the world to believe that he didn't exist. And So you see, whether through frightening displays of demonic power that would hold people captive in their fear, or through the fostering of an idea that science and self are the grand arbiters of anything that would be real, and so encasing people in an apathy toward the spiritual, whichever he's accomplished his goal and aim, different means, though to the same end, unbelief. Show me, not a face, but the fingerprints and footprints of evil, and I think that you'll see that evil is as operative in life today on our shores as it was in those days on those shores. For Consider what we're told. We're told that for a long time this man possessed by demons wore no clothes. In other words, the man had been driven to the point of all indiscretion and indecency that he went about naked. He went about unashamed of his shame. How about us? On our shores. Have we in our society become a people unashamed of our shame? Men and women longing for and by lawsuit or common law of land or even without them. Longing for and attaining unto orders for family and relationship never established or condoned by the Creator? Have we grown so accustomed to the habit in our culture that we've forgotten that God hates the practice of divorce? In our culture's incessant pursuit of it and ever ready permission to grant and provide it. And you know what's even worse than these? It's when the church condones shameful indiscretions. When the church sanctifies them under the misnomer and the the mislabeled banner of love and inclusiveness. It's when the church grants these the appearance of godliness. Or think of you or me in our lives. Maybe you yourself have, have been there. And if you have, you're not alone. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you've been in the footsteps of the man naked, driven driven by temptation or by our sinful, ready compliance so often with it. Driven to the point where we don't even recognize how far we've gone and how we got there. It can happen, can't it? It happened to David. David, a man after God's own heart. But remember what we heard of him last week in the Old Testament reading? He wanted Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. He took her for his own. And then he tried to cover up what he'd done. And lie led to lie. Sin to sin, adultery led to murder. And by the time the prophet Nathan confronts David with that parable of the little ewe lamb, David doesn't even recognize that he's the man. It can happen. Has it happened to you? I've no doubt that it's happened to each and every one of us to one degree or another. What else are we told of this man? We're told that he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. He preferred, rather than home life, he preferred to dwell among the tombs in a culture of death. How about us? Is it true of our culture? Has our culture jettisoned a collective value, an affirmation on life, and against all human rationality and logic, chosen the tombs instead? Well, if not, then how do we justify? How do we rationalize? How do we even begin to explain? The 49,551,703 individual preborn infants exterminated on our shores legally since 1973—more than eight times the number of those destroyed in Hitler's Holocaust—and as a society, we refuse even to re- to address the core of the issue. And daily, more of our most senior and ailing citizens are being encouraged and even pressured to, quote, die with dignity as euthanasia becomes increasingly socially acceptable and even medically expected. A culture of death. And while St. Luke reports that the man dwelt among the tombs, in his account, St. Mark adds this, that the man also would cut himself Among the young people of our shores, there are many that are so confused in life and tossed about on the waves of uncertainty and driven about by the influences of demonic winds and forces that they too will take up the practice of cutting, self-mutilation, just as this man did. That practice is not at all a bygone thing. Nor is the aim of the devil that just perhaps one might, in a moment of weakness, administer to himself the final mortal wound. Don't you see the fingerprints and footprints all over? Neither bygone is the devil's drive toward isolation, because what does Luke record here? He says the man would be driven by the demon into the wilderness, driven into a place of solitude, of aloneness. Alone is the last place that God's people or that any people should be when driven toward despair, when driven toward depression, because you're not alone. The devil would only lead you to think that you're alone as he bombards you with thoughts that he would love for you to entertain. No, rather in those moments, seek Christ. Seek the familial company of his people. Take a good look. At the man in today's text. And you just might recognize your world therein. A world all over which you'll find the fingerprints and the foot tracks of evil. Of the evil one. Of sin. Where it is. Where it's been. Look at the man. And you might even recognize that part of you and me. That darker part. Our sinful nature, that scripture says after Christ converts us in water and by his word, no longer reigns over us, no longer wholly possesses us, you and me, and yet that part of you and me that still does love the darkness rather than the light, that part of you and me that's glad to comply with the darkness rather than the light, that part of you and me that would just as soon see Christ leave on his way and and leave us to be where we were, Take a good look at that man. And if you do, I'm certain that you'll notice at least one thing. That Jesus loved that man dearly. He must have loved that man deeply. How can you tell? Well, it seems that Jesus went well out of his way for the sake of him even despite his condition in life and all. For you see, in Jesus' omniscience, his all-knowingness, Jesus, we can expect, certainly would have or at least could have known that having reached that shore on the other side, remember, of Galilee, where he didn't much travel, that having reached that shore that there would be only one man when all was said and done who would be sad to see him turn around and go quickly on his way. He must have dearly loved that man to go to his shore. Do you think Christ Jesus loves you any less? No matter who you are, who you've been, where you've been, no matter how long, or in whatever sin you've been caught. Do you think Christ loves you any less? Friends, this church is your shore to which your Christ has sailed to you today for your sake. Have you surprised yourself, surprised even yourself, by your life's indiscretions and and naked shame, well then remember, in baptism you're clothed. Christ encountered you at water's edge of the font and gave to you to wear the shirt of his holy back. Does temptation, does the tempter assault you? Then consider this. On this shore here today, as it's spoken to you, do you think that the demons shudder any less at his word? And they did the day, that day, that it was spoken on those shores. Do you think that any might of theirs could hold you when Scripture says that Christ came to, and he did, destroy him who possessed the power of death, the devil? Do you think any one or, or all of their legions could accuse you when Scripture says that the handwriting of decrees that stood against you, Christ took out of your way, having nailed it to the cross, And he disarmed them, stripping them of their arms and accusations. And it says, triumphing over them, friends. Having cast your sins and the guilt of them from you. And having ordered them, not only given them permission, but ordered them. Our sins to possess his body. In which he bore them on the cross. Which one of those sins, I ask you, which one? Has then not been embodied by him and as the prophet Micah foretold hurled headlong and cast into the depth of the sea. When you think about Christ on that shore with that man on that day and Christ here on this shore, in this church on this day, friends, has he done any less for you than he did for that man? As the late seminary professor Dr. Kurt Marquardt once put it, In thinking on the church on our shore here. He said the church is the beachhead of heaven on earth. Conquering darkness with the life giving weapons of light. Distributing and celebrating the supernatural saving riches of God. Makes you want to stay here doesn't it? You'd almost want to stay here. And remain sitting at the feet of Jesus, as it were. Hearing his words. Feeling his nearness. As we do here in his word, in his sacramental presence in the supper. Being reassured by his word that he's driven your sins as far from you as east is from west. You'd long to stay. But Jesus says to you what he said to that newly ordered man on those garrisoned shores. Return to your home. Mark adds that Jesus said, return to your home and to your friends. And there declare how much God has done for you. There will be Many who, like the Gerasene natives, many who will be plenty pleased simply to have Jesus go and go quickly on his way so that their lives won't be reordered, they, they won't be upset. No, they prefer them just the way they are without Christ. Pray for them. Pray for them, for they know not what they say or what they do. Pray for them. Pray that in God's good time. Christ by the wind of his Holy Spirit aboard the boat of his church through the word of his living voice pray that Christ will reach their shore too in his name amen
0: Mindful of the wonderful works and the great deeds of our Lord God. We pray for people here and for those everywhere who are in need of his help and his salvation. We pray. How much, O Lord, you have done for us. The greatest of all your works being the giving of your Son, Jesus Christ, into death for the life of the whole world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. prayer. How much, O Lord, You have done for us the Christ you gave for us on the cross you continue to give to us today as we hear his word and are bathed in his baptismal waters and nourished unto life eternal through his very body and blood for these most precious gifts we give you our thanks and our praise Lord in your mercy hear our prayer how much O Lord you've done for us is through your word and sacraments your work through your church throughout the world continues Where your church abides by your word, encourage her to remain faithful to that word. Where she falters in her confession, reform her and restore her to right doctrine and practice. That your name would be glorified among us, Lord, in your mercy.
1: Hear our prayer.
0: How much you do for us, Lord, through our families and today especially. Do we thank you for the blessings of fatherhood for fathers among us. Bless them all. Grant us wisdom in exercising our duties to our children that they may know how dearly we love them and how determined we are to see that they know the greater love of their Father in heaven, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. How much, O Lord, you've done for the family of Charles and Mary Alberti in granting them the safe delivery of their first child this past Friday afternoon. Grant and guard their new infant daughter, Lily June, that she might be cleansed by the baptismal waters and there receive and have put on her the righteousness of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. How much, O Lord, you do for us as you preserve order in this sinful world through the governments that you allow to exist for that purpose to that end. Bless our nation. Bless those entrusted with governing duties in the executive, legislative, and judicial branches of our government. Grant success to all who enforce our laws. And especially those who guard our borders as well as those who serve in our armed forces abroad lord in your mercy Amen. hear our prayer through honest industry and businesses you've done so much for us oh lord and through the educational institutions that train us to be honest and productive citizens you've blessed us in our land grant success to all who labor with integrity and through the compassion and the generosity of those who are able to provide for themselves help those who because of sickness or disease or age are unable to do so lord in your mercy hear our prayer continue O lord to do all that you graciously do for those who are sick or suffering for all who are preparing for or recovering from surgery for all who are undergoing treatments of therapy of one kind to the other you know the names and the needs of each O lord heal each according to your will and grant them all that confidence of faith that trust your promise to work all things together for their good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our our prayer. prayer. How much you do for us even now, O Christ, as you attend to our present needs by graciously giving us your very body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, the strengthening of our faith through which you prepare us in soul and body for eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our prayer. prayer. Comfort, O Father in heaven, all who grieve the death of loved ones and enable us to remember with gratitude those fathers in the faith that have gone before us. Grateful for all that you have done for us, we pray that we too may be faithful unto death and receive with them the crown of everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all power and glory now and forever. Amen. Sagittary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened unto us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore praising you and saying <speaking> "Holy." is yes, The night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
2: As thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared me for the face of. glory of my people Israel. Glory be, be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall I be.
0: the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that we may be enabled constantly to serve you through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: The Lord be with you. Amen.